0: Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and I have with me today the lovely Rena Van Alst. Hi, Rena. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I am doing very well. I am just about packed up and ready to head over to Europe for a few weeks. Woohoo! Lucky you. (laughs) (laughs) Very exciting. Uh, Many of my uh, clients and colleagues know all about this because I've been talking about it for a long time and even on the podcast, it's finally happening. I am jetting off, taking a little break with my family and uh, don't worry, you're not going to miss any podcast episodes because I am super organized and have recorded plenty for you so you can be kept up to date in Strata World while I'm uh, sipping on a beer in Belgium, I think. Oh, lucky
1: you. That sounds wonderful. Yeah.
0: How's life been for you? Yeah, very busy actually at the moment. Yeah, really busy. So hopefully it
1: might calm down a bit soon so I can just um, catch my breath.
0: But yeah, it's all News good. News for you, Rena. It's not going to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> this is Strata. You have I to know, escape overseas <laughs> if you want a break. Yeah, you're right, actually. Now, I'm going to introduce a joint challenge for us this week, Rena. We have had a listener who has asked us to have a chat about insurance commissions and particularly what the new regime is in New South Wales with the new strata law. Now our reforms of course came in in November 2016 and there were a few changes when it came to insurance commissions. In particular and I will have a link to this in the show notes for this episode, in particular section 60 of the Strata Schemes Management Act 2015 now expressly requires the disclosure of commissions. So Strata managing agents must report at each annual general meeting whether any commissions or training services have been provided to or paid for by the agent in the preceding 12 months and provide the particulars of those commissions or training services. The agent also has to set out an estimate of any commissions that they expect to receive in the following 12 months. Now, if an agent doesn't do this, they are actually subject to a penalty of up to $2,000, 20 penalty units up to $2,000. So it's actually an offence for an agent not to make this disclosure regardless of whether there is a penalty or not, agents should be disclosing what
1: commissions they're receiving, Amanda, because I think when there is a policy in place that the Answer Corporation must have, so that every building must be insured, and where there is a commission payable, I think that the strata manager, regardless of what the Act says, and this is something that... I've always done historically is when I used to work in my previous company, we disclosed the insurance commission at every AGM because Mm. in a sense that was a payment that you had received as an agent in your capacity as their managing agent. But now obviously it's been legislated that 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 must be done
0: at every AGM. That's right, yes. And if your actual commission ends up being different from the estimate that you've provided, you actually have to notify your owners corporation of that as soon as you become aware and give an explanation for why it is more, for example, than the commission that you estimated. And again, if you don't do that, if you don't provide that variation, you are once again subject to up to $2,000 penalty. So, the legislature is really treating this very seriously.
1: Yeah, well, that second part of the legislation is a bit tricky, I believe, because Mm. when you're estimating for the next 12 months what you think you're going to be receiving, obviously that's based on the insurance premium at the time, and who knows in twelve months' time what the premium will be. And then it also depends on the building so I'm insured via the valuation.
0: And yeah. so I think
1: I think most agents I've seen are sort of estimating you know five to ten percent increase hmm. the following year, but Just again as a rule I mean, of thumb. yeah, but there's no real science behind that calculation.
0: Yeah, the other interesting thing, Rena, in Section 60 is that the owner's corporation can apply for an order from the tribunal requiring a strata managing agent to pay to them the value of any commission that has not been disclosed. So, they can actually seek a refund where the agent hasn't complied with their obligations to disclose. Yeah. And even if it was disclosed, if the tribunal finds that the disclosure was not made in good faith, then... That's also grounds for a refund. Um, mm. I'm not quite sure what that means. The disclosure not being made in good faith, Is that that the estimate wasn't correct? Is there a risk there? As you say, Rena, if managing agents they don't know what the sum insured's going to be, so they're, it's difficult for them to estimate what their Future commissions are, are they exposing themselves to the risk that they could be accused by the owner's corporation of not making disclosure in good faith and mm. a refund being sought from the tribunal? I suppose what my advice as a lawyer in that situation would be to be explaining to your owner's corporation hey, it's difficult for me to provide an accurate estimate at this time mm. because I don't know the w- sum insured, we've got a building valuation coming up, but. From my experience and with other buildings that I'm involved in, I think that an increase of 5 to 10% is a reasonable estimate and that's the estimate that I'm giving. Mm. And that would be, in my view, a disclosure made in good faith and it would be a good defence, I think, to an application under this Section 60, Subsection 3. And interesting to see whether we'll see many of those applications. Yeah, well, I think it.
1: these applications will only happen the matter of if there is any disagreement or any conflict between the managing agent and the owners' corporation when, you know, things get ugly the other thing I've I've always tried to do is ask the broker because sometimes in terms of the insurance market you know, what the rates are being charged, you know, per dollar of square meter of bricks and mortar, et cetera, mm. that rate can change. So, you have two factors playing here. You've got the building some insured changing and you've also got the rates. So, when there's like a lot of events happening around the world, if there's a lot of, you know, cyclones or weather things and the premiums go up as the insurer's risk increases. So, I think there's a, it's a twofold thing. I think maybe asking the broker for some guidance if you're using a broker would be
0: helpful as well as to what they think, how the market's playing out, Mm. in the next 12 months. Yeah, absolutely. Another component of this question that we've been asked uh, by a listener in relation to commissions is whether insurance commissions can be refunded to an owners' corporation upon request. So are there owners' corporations out there saying, oh, wow, that commission's just been disclosed to us, that's significant. We would like that rebated to us to to offset the management fee. Does a manager have to do that? It's, it's well, not I... in the legislation, I can tell you that.
1: No, I don't believe they have to unless the agency agreement um, dictates whether or not you are to receive a commission or not. So, the new SDA agreement has three options and one of them is with a commission, one is without and one of them is limited amounts of commission. So, I think that once you have an agreement and you're allowed to receive the commission, then the Honest Corporation can't, you know, at its discretion to decide. It's so basically they're altering the terms of your agreement and your enumeration, which they really can't do
0: unless there's a third party involved in like the tribunal making an order on that. So Yes, so it all comes back to what are the terms of your agreement and I suppose, Rena, what you see in practice is this all is relevant when you're negotiating the terms of your engagement. So you might have some buildings say, look, we don't want you to take insurance commissions, but let us know what the usual value of that is and tack it onto our management fee so that you're still uh, recovering what you would otherwise recover. The the owner's corporation may have a a philosophical or in principle objection Mm. to insurance commissions, but that needs to be sorted out at the time the agency agreement is being negotiated. And if it's not dealt with in there, then there is no in entitlement for an owner's corporation to receive some rebate or reduction in management fees simply because your agent happens to disclose that they are receiving commissions.
1: That's correct. And personally, I believe that managers would be better off if they didn't receive a commission. I mean, I personally don't like insurance commissions because I think that whenever you're you're, you're compensated based on someone else's building some insured or what premium they're paying, then, then in a sense you're just benefiting from their own situation. So mm. it's better to, to be paid for that work and not have to you know, rely on a commission just to subsidise the management fees. Yeah, But on the other hand, Amanda, what happens is in schemes and many of us as managers have come across this. people don't want to spend any extra money. And so in a sense, I think that if people want – to subsidize their management fee, then they'll have to accept an insurance commission, but by the same token, they have to then pay for that. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things, you are you know, you're paying in some way. And, and also, I think it would, it would be um, a bit naive for people to think that the insurance premium that they're paying doesn't factor in the commission. So in a sense, you're paying it either way. You just yeah. have to decide how you want to pay it because I don't think insurance companies are paying premiums that don't contain some remuneration for the manager in that premium.
0: Mm, Sure. And do you, um, you know, managing agents have these schedules that are attached to their agreements that set out what is covered by the management fee and what is an additional service and there's an additional fee. If you are receiving an insurance commission, does that change the scope of your agreed services? At all?
1: Yeah, well, I think, yeah, it does for the most part, Amanda. I, I think most agents you, you'll find who do receive a commission, they will attend to routine insurance claims up to 15 minutes, for example, without any fee. It's included uh-huh. in the agreed services because they're getting an insurance commission, mm. and also it allows them to, you know, deal and arrange, etc. So I think that, in that respect, um, you know, there is some value when you are getting a commission because then that's subsidising insurance claims that otherwise would be charged as an additional service fee. Mm.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. So I suppose this listener in particular was was looking for advice that we might have for strata managers who are dealing with this topic of insurance commissions. Um, from my point of view, this is something that you would discuss and should discuss with your particular building that you are about to take on management of. So a really big part of this discussion happens before you've even. Entered into the agency agreement, what are the building's thoughts on insurance commissions, do they have any objection to insurance commissions being accepted by the agent, Uh, if they do why and having that conversation and then of course once you are engaged making sure that you are complying with section 60 of the new Strata Schemes Management Act and you are disclosing commissions received and commissions that you expect over the next 12 months at every AGM.
1: That's right, Amanda, and I also think that even if you're still with a, your existing manager and you're renegotiating a new contract because of the Act, and you might be coming using new form of agency agreement, the previous SCA ones, for example, didn't have this option where you could go either with a commission or without a commission, whereas the new ones do. And I think a lot of people just go automatically to the to the figure plus commission. It probably would be better at this stage. I think if have some managers knowing, you know, the climate regarding insurance commissions, how people feel about them to say you are able to dispense of an insurance commission, you know, if you want to pay a higher fee and this is what the new fee would be. So, that's another Mm. way that you can be proactive and even if it's like a renewal arrangement where you're not negotiating a new contract with a new building but you're just continuing on with the same building you may want to change your terms of engagement so that at least they've got the option yep. and so that when you do get a commission they can't say well you know we didn't know you got a commission you might say well look at the agency agreement but no one actually ever looks at that it's like any contract people don't read, yeah. read things they read the price and that's about it <laughs> um, so yeah it's a good way to sort of be on the, on the front foot in that mm. respect yep
0: I like that good advice alright well I hope that um, covers off that challenge for our listener and do Remember that the transcript of this episode is available at your strata au forward slash zero seven two. It is episode seventy two. Great to get the transcript of these kinds of episodes where we are a bit heavy on the detail. You might be driving the car, you might be at the gym, don't necessarily have a pen to jot these things down, and you may want to share some of this with your strata manager, or if you're a strata manager, share it with your lot owners. So the transcript's a really good way to do that. All right, Rena, win for the week, what's yours?
1: Um, Well, this is actually an adjudication application that that, um, has been ongoing. Um, There was an AGM in one of my community associations last year and what happened was one of the subsidiary members, subsidiary owners' corporation, their representative wanted to go onto the executive committee and basically, you know, there was an election and they weren't elected to the committee. And obviously there was a lot of proxy farming that had happened in this particular community and obviously proxy farming is still allowed under the Community Land Management Act, Mm -hmm. there's no restrictions. So anyway, this disgruntled person ended up going to the tribunal and they made an application as an individual lot owner to have the EC election nullified and requested that a new election take place. So when I received this application, um, we sent it to the lawyer, but my initial observations and thoughts were that, number one, That person cannot make an application to the tribunal against the community because they are an individual lot owner within a strata plan that's a subsidiary within the community association. Mm -hmm. Only the strata plan could make the application because the strata plan is the actual lot owner, in inverted commas, and there would have to be a resolution authorizing that person to submit the application on its behalf if that were the case. Yep. And the second thing um, I thought that if the tribunal didn't agree with, with that reasoning, the second argument that I had put forward was that they said the election was invalid because there were voting papers that had been used and when when there was a proxy bearer that was signing the voting form, they didn't use the word proxy bearer, they just signed their name. Even though there was a record that the law owner wasn't there at the meeting, there was a record that the proxy had been validly completed and they were saying, well, that person didn't complete the form. Now, there's no statutory form for it. You
0: don't have to actually say that I'm a proxy bearer when you're signing because you you're are – You're talking about the voting paper, so where they actually yeah. record their vote during the meeting.
1: Yeah, because this has had, it's got over 300 lots.
0: And yeah, you need papers.
1: You would, yeah, you need papers to try and work out all the different people that – because there were, of course, more nominees than there were places and, you know, and that took time. And then out of the time, then you have to vote for the, for the nine that you wanted. And so – Basically, they tried to use that argument and I said, that's not an argument. So anyway, the lawyer said, oh, no, you know, the scheme's in the wrong. They should redo the election. I didn't agree anyway. So I submitted the application based on my thoughts and reasoning and basically – the tribunal agreed that that person had, they used the first argument that they had no legal standing because they were an individual mm. and they were not able to submit an application against the tribunal because they're not a lot yep. owner within the, within the community association. So that was
0: a good win. Mm, excellent. Yeah, Congratulations. Especially <laughs> lawyers don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Present company accepted. <laughs> Sorry,
1: some lawyers don't know what they're
0: doing. <laughs> yeah, good on you. And kind of technical, that one. So there you go. Yeah. See, so, all those years in Strata, when are you heading off to get your law degree? Got
1: <laughs> a husband as a lawyer, it definitely helps me a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. Good on you. Well, my win for this week, and oh, look, it's probably a bit premature to call it a win, but it feels like a win simply because. I've raised on this podcast before the difficulty that I have had trying to get the tribunal to accept an application for a penalty order mm-hmm. where we are trying to enforce an adjudicator's order made under the old law. Oh, yes, yeah. Oma, you mentioned yes. this before, man. And the adjudicator's order was made under the old law. The lot owner did not comply with the order, and the owners' corporation has come to us saying, Well, we want to enforce this order. And there is a real question around how you enforce this order. Do you enforce it under the old law, because the order was made under the old law, or do you enforce it under the new law? And if the answer is that you enforce it under the new law, well, you make that application to the tribunal and you seek a penalty under the Civil and Administrative Tribunal Act. And that penalty could be up to $11,000 because it is deemed to be a breach of an order of the tribunal as opposed to an order of the adjudicator
1: if you were to enforce it under the previous order, what was the maximum
0: penalty payable at that time? Yep. So under the old law, if you breach an order of the adjudicator, you could apply to the tribunal for a penalty of up to $5,000. $5,000. Yeah, yeah, that's what I
1: thought. And now it's 11000
0: Well, here's the thing. This hasn't been determined yet, but what I'm excited about is that it has been listed for hearing before the tribunal panel. And uh-huh. it's been listed with another case that has a very similar problem. And the tribunal has decided to hear the two cases together. Together, hear submissions from the lawyers as to what we think the law is, what it means, and the, the tribunal is apparently holding back other similar cases until this issue is decided. So ah. my client, as much as I tell them they're lucky, um, don't, <laughs> perhaps don't feel so lucky to be in this situation, but they are essentially running a test case before the tribunal to try and work out what the answer to this issue is. Is the penalty to be made under the old law or is it to be made under the new law? So that's something. That's That's going to be heard in about a month's time and I suspect a quick decision will be made by the tribunal panel so that other owners and buildings who are in similar situations trying to enforce old orders know what direction to go in.
1: But Amanda, I was just thinking about you know if you if you got a fine for speeding, for example, um, and then and the amount then changed under the new law because Mm -hmm. it was a higher amount. So then, how would that work in that type of situation? You
0: are exactly along the right track, and without disclosing too much about our case theory, it is a legal principle that a wrongdoer shouldn't be punished more so under new legislation if that legislation is not expressly retrospective. And the problem with the strata the new Strata Act is this section doesn't expressly say that it's retrospective. Mm. So one of the principles that we're looking at is well the order was made under the old law. As a matter of procedural fairness, it's quite possible that this lot owner who's breached the order should be punished under the old law. Old. Yep, yeah. Because that's where and the breach are was. Are you created. acting
1: for the owners' corporation or for the Yeah, we're
0: acting for the owners' corporation. And does Lorna have their own lawyer as well? At this point in time, the lot owner has not made an appearance in these oh, proceedings.
1: Oh, yeah, it's usually case, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that makes our job perhaps a little bit easier. But the tribunal, I think, is a bit disappointed that it won't have uh, it'll it might have one rather than two lawyers on the case. So it's interesting from our perspective that you know what we come up with in terms of our view on what we think the law should be. Hopefully, if that's accepted by the tribunal, then that's going to assist other buildings who are in a similar situation. So is when's a hearing, Amanda? It's in a few date? weeks' time, so and who knows how long the tribunal will then take to release their their decision and their reasons. As I said, I, I'm thinking it'll be quite quick because they do want this to be settled, and absolutely that will be a, a published decision. So, assuming um, we don't settle beforehand, mm. which is uh, always a possibility if the owner decides to come out of the woodwork, then hopefully we'll have a, a decision and some guidance for our listeners and others mm-hmm. in that uh, same situation. Mm, look forward to actually hearing about it, Amanda.
1: I think it's quite yes. an interesting thing when you've got these test cases happening, mm, yeah. under the, especially with the relation to the new
0: Act, like yeah. getting things tested under the
1: new legislation. So. Yeah,
0: there's a few things that perhaps aren't as clear as they could have been in the new Act, mm. but, uh, you know, that's our teething problems to work through. And as we've said for some time now, it's going to be these decisions of the Tribunal that help us to navigate those grey areas. So good to see that some of them will be coming through. Yeah, it's wonderful. Okay, lovely to chat to you as always, Rena. I shall catch you next time. Thank you, Amanda. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?